Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Um, I want to use for a subject today, uh, blood clots in the body. Blood clots in the body. And we're going to start off in Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12, verse 21. Hallelujah. For the Bible says, Then Moses called for all of the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. Now, when he's speaking to the elders, he's actually speaking to all of the fathers. It was the responsibility of the fathers to go out and pick out a lamb. That lamb had to be very specific about the lamb. The lamb could not have a spot. It could not have a wrinkle. It had to be a perfect lamb. Listen, listen to the words what I'm saying to you today because there is a central theme and a chord that goes throughout Scripture that God beautifully is putting together this tapestry about who Jesus Christ is because he's all over the Bible. And unless we get a true understanding of who the Lamb of God is, none of this stuff in the Old Testament is going to make any sense. You got to get a visual of who we're talking about today and the responsibility of the leaders. It was the fathers who went out and grabbed this lamb, and this is what they did. They killed the Passover lamb. Somebody say Passover. Passover. Verse 22, and you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip dip in the blood, Dip it in the blood that is in a basin. So they were to take these lambs, they were to slaughter these lambs, and the blood of those lambs were to be put in a basin. Now, let me tell you this. The, the, the blood in the basin had no power. As long as the blood stayed in the basin, it had no power. There was still some instructions that they had to do for them to get and appropriate what the blood was there for. Hello, somebody. See, this is critical because sometimes we can get a partial instruction and think God is obligated to move when you haven't fulfilled the full instruction. Come on. They were to put the blood in a basin and strike the lintel and two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. So they took the hyssop, they dipped the hyssop in the blood, and they put the blood on the lintels and the doorposts of the house. There was, should be no blood in front of the door because that's the threshold of the door because nobody is to trample on the blood. The blood only went on the lintels and the doorposts. Of the house. Are you here with me? And none of you shall go out of the door of the house until morning. Let me tell you something, saints. We, when we are in the house, we need to stay in the house. Amen. Ain't no need in peeping. Ain't no need in going outside of God's house for anything. You are under the protection of the blood. Don't just step out from under that protection because God protects you under his blood, under his covering, in his house. Hello, somebody. So the instructions were once you're in the house that's covered with the blood, stay in the house. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood, hallelujah, when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. So in other words, saints of God, God says, when I see the blood, God says, I'll pass over over you the destroyer is coming God says when I see the blood I'll pass over you and the destroyer has to go are you here with me saints of God all right let's go to Revelation chapter 12 now you're going to get a lot of scripture today so get prepared and 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 to teach like this it, it the message is a little longer But I don't care because it's going to be necessary, right? And I'll cut it where I need to cut it, but we we need to get all the totality of what God is saying in the Word of God. Amen? 
And I hope you like this kind of teaching because this is the way it's going to go for quite some time because God at the end of this series is going to do something amazing. He's already shared that with me this morning. So I'm really looking forward to it. So look at Revelation chapter 12. Uh, let's go to verse 10. Bless you. Verse 10 says, Then I heard, this is John the Revelator, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. The accuser of the brethren. Who is that? That's the devil. He, he, he is going to accuse you, saints of God. There is no doubt about it. There is nothing else he can do but accuse you. And he's going to accuse you about stuff you've done. See, that's what's so horrible about, this, horrible about this thing. The devil is really not saying anything that you haven't done. When he accuses you, he accuses you of things you've done. He brings up your past. Why? He's trying to pull you back. He does not want you to move forward. Now, he's not omniscient. He doesn't know everything that's going on. He just knows he needs to stop you. The accuser is Satan. Look at verse 11. And they, they, who are the they? The they are the ones who are being accused. Come on, he said, he's talking about me. Come on, say that with me. He's talking about me. So the they is me. And this is what we have to do. He said, and they overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. Come on, somebody. See, the lamb is all over this Bible. Blood is all over this Bible and we need to get a good understanding of what this Bible teaches. Now, let's go to Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. We're gonna, I'm going to move fast in these scriptures, but I... I want you to see these things because it's vitally important that I lay a good foundational, biblical foundation for you today before we get into some of the other things that I will be teaching you. Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 says, For the life of the soul, for the life of the soul of all flesh is in the blood. Let me say that again. I have a different translation probably than what you have. But it says, For the life of the soul of all flesh is in the blood. Life is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood. Listen to the saints of God. For it is the blood that makes atonement for your soul. So in other words, saints of God, you can't have atonement without blood. Blood had to be sacrificed so that we could be atoned for our sins. Blood was precious to God because there's life in the blood. God responds to the blood. You just saw, he said, when I see the blood, I have to respond because my life is in the blood. Are you seeing this with me, saints? I got to go slow, but I got a latest foundation for you. So the Bible says that life of the flesh of the soul is in the blood. This is going to make a whole lot more sense as we get into more scripture. Amen? So, so let's talk about the blood for a second. Now, let's look in the natural. The blood is vitally important in the natural. There are three functions for blood. It's the function is the transport, protection, regulation, and so forth. And so... The blood transports oxygen, carbon dioxide, and other nutrients throughout our bodies, right? So that's, that's the transport part. The protection part, the blood protects us by destroying invading microorganisms. And then the regulating part, it regulates the pH of our bodies. So in other words, saints of God, if you have healthy blood, you got a healthy body. This is why when you are sick, the first things the doctors want to do is what? They're going to take your blood. Why? Because everything is found in the blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Everything can be found in the blood. And when they check that blood, they say, oh, something's off. This right here, you got 
too much glucose here or your pH is not balanced here or your testosterone is not there or I see your PSA is here. And so they're able to know not sometimes directly what's going on, but it gives them a good indication that something is going on. Are you with me today? When blood clots form, it restricts the blood from transporting nutrients. It decreases its protection and it reduces the proper regulation. In essence, clotting prevents the blood from doing what it was designed to do. It restricts. It stops the flow of what the blood was sent for. As it is in the natural, so it is spiritually. When there's clotting in the body of Christ, <laughs> we are hindered from getting the nutrients we need, the protection necessary, that will regulate our behavior and lifestyles. Come on, somebody. See, the life of the soul is in the blood. Later in this series, I'm going to give you some specific clots that hinder the body of Christ. And there are some specific things that I feel the Lord has given me that's hindering the body of Christ, and they're like blood clots. We can't get into that right now because we're here to lay a foundation. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about blood, believe it or not. And the first time innocent blood was spilled is actually recorded in the book of Genesis. Amen? Everybody know what that is? All right. So there, Mr. and Mrs. Adam, they did something. Uh, they knew what not to do, Mr. Adam knew, because God had given him some, some prohibitions. He said, you can eat from all of the trees of the garden. They're yours. So in other words, you got all of this. Look at all this, Adam. All this is yours. Look at, look at all this. Oh, my God. All that's yours. You can eat from, you can go and pick from any one of these trees, and you can eat anytime you want to. It's yours. However, Adam, this one tree. Now, listen, God gave him all trees, but there was one tree. He said, from this tree, don't eat from this tree, because the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. That, those were the instructions. Hello, somebody. He said, don't eat from this one tree. You can eat from all the other trees. Don't eat from this one tree. But the devil came, and he said something about that one tree. Notice he never mentions all the other trees. The devil's not going to mention everything you got. He's always going to mention something you don't have. Mm, 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 mm. No, wait a minute. I, 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 what about this tree? He's not going to mention all your blessings that you got. He's going to mention something that you don't have and make you think you need. Mm -mm. He had to convince them that they needed the one tree that God said they couldn't have. You shall be like God. But the problem here, saints of God, they were already like God. They were made in the homage day, Latin for the very image of God. You already in the image of God. But the devil said, you can be like God, knowing good and evil. So in other words, he wanted to convince them that somehow they can get greater knowledge than God. This is what the world is saying. The world is smarter than God. You just talk to them. You just tell them, hey, that can't be a God. Wait a minute, you must be smarter than God to believe that nonsense. Wait a minute, you got to be pretty crazy to believe that we came from monkeys. Because why aren't we still evolving? If evolution is real, we should be turning into something else, and we should be back monkeys by now. Or amoeba, a dirty water, something, a rock. <laughs> if that is true, it is absolutely not true because we came because of a divine creator. He took the time to make us, and he made us look just like him. Hello, somebody. And so, so I like that right there. Boy, that's good news that he made us to look just like him. I look just like my daddy. He made me to look like him, act like him, talk like him, walk like him. He, just, he walks just like you walk. He talks just like you talk. Why? Because you're his child. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. And so, so he showed them this tree, and we all know the story and what happened. They ate of the forbidden fruit. Adam was right there with his wife when she picked it, and she told a lie. She said, we couldn't eat of it or touch it, and that's not what God said. God said you couldn't eat of it. And, you know, to me, it's, it's not far-fetched to understand if you couldn't eat of it, that means you couldn't touch it either. 
I mean, you got to touch it to eat of it. He said you can't eat of it, which means you can't touch it either, right? Hello. But you see how you start making excuses for what you want to do? So they ate of the forbidden fruit, and we all know what happened. The Bible said the eyes of them both were open, and they knew of their nakedness. Hello, somebody. Now, before, they were naked and not ashamed. Why? There was no sin. Now, in a sinful state, they knew of their nakedness. Now they're ashamed. Because that, that's what happens when you get exposed. <laughs> Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. See, you get ashamed, you get ashamed. And what they did, they, they got fig leaves, and they tried to, listen to this, they tried to cover their sin with fig leaves. But the moment they ripped those figs from its root source, the fig leaves were dying. So the fig leaves is only temporary. You can only temporarily hide your stuff. Good God Almighty. You, you, you might hide your stuff for a little while, but after a while, your little fig leaves are going to die and you're going to be exposed. Now, what kept them from physically dying? Let's go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. Is this okay? Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. The Bible says, also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made coats of skin and clothed them. This was after they finally came out and they said, God, we knew of our nakedness and we hid ourselves because of your voice. They both hid because he called out to Adam. Both of their names were Adam. They were Mr. and Mrs. Adam at this time because she wasn't called Eve until after the fall. So when they sinned, he said, Adam, where are you? He was talking to both of them. They both were hiding because when you get married, you're no longer twain, but you're one flesh. So he was calling out, to both of them, but they were one. Hello, somebody. I can't get into the marriage piece right now. We talk about that another time. So God took animal skin. So in other words, to take the skin of an animal, blood had to. God required that an innocent animal should die to make atonement for the sins of the Adams, proving to Satan and death that they had no hold on a person covered by the blood of an innocent being. Somebody say atonement. The only reason they did not die physically that day is because of the blood. There was the blood of an innocent animal. That innocent animal died so that the sin and the guilt and the shame was covered. Death. What's death? Death is the wages of sin. Are you here with me? First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55, Apostle Paul says, O death, where's your sting? O grave, where is your victory? See, it's the blood of Jesus that covers us. And go to Revelation chapter 1, verse 18. I told you we're going to go all over this Bible today. Amen. Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, and I'm going all over it with you. Revelations chapter 1, Revelation chapter 1, verse 18. I'm going to go ahead and start reading while you turn there. The Bible says, this is Jesus speaking. He said, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Listen, isn't it interesting that the devil don't even have the keys to his own house? <laughs> Jesus took the keys. He said, I got the keys. So in other words, keys give you access or not. Keys can unlock a door or lock a door. Hello, somebody. So God says, Jesus says, it's in red in my Bible. He says, I got the keys to death, 
hell and the grave. And since I got the keys, I can keep you out. Hello, but if you don't come to me, uh-huh. I cannot help you. Because yes. Jesus is the one, only one that has, Buddha don't have any keys. Sun Yun Moon don't have any keys. Elijah Muhammad don't have any keys. Allah don't have any keys. Jesus says, I got the keys of Hades and death. Therefore, I can lock the door for when my father sees the blood. He can't get through the door because I got it locked. Oh, boy, I'm getting excited up in here. I'm getting excited. When I started learning about the blood of Jesus and how powerful it is and how I can appropriate it in my own life, it removed all fear. Why? Because I got the blood on me, devil. And when my father sees the blood, he will pass over He will pass over me. He will pass over you. Yes, things are going to come your way, but don't worry about it. Just put the blood on you. See, the devil can cross your finances. He can cross your health, but he cannot cross the blood. Hello, somebody. He cannot cross the blood. This innocent animal, he died, and that was a foreshadow of Jesus Christ. Why would I say that? Well, let's go to John, John chapter 18. Turn left. Let's see. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. This is why I like preaching like this. This is why I love Bible study so much, because when you're in Bible study, this is exactly what we do. We we go verse by verse, line upon line. We look at what the Bible really says. John 18, 38. This is the inquisition of Jesus in the courts of Pilate. This this is powerful. This is powerful stuff. Ooh, my God. Since I'm teaching, can I read a little bit more of this than what I thought I needed to read? So I want to give you a big gulp of this. Go to John chapter 18, verse 33. So I'm going to start reading while you turn there. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again and called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Hello, somebody, because they were saying, this man says he's the king of the Jews. It's blasphemy. That's what the religious folks were saying. And so Pilate is saying, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him and said, and see, you got you to gotta be careful how you ask Jesus questions, because he ain't going to just respond based on what you think he should say. He's going to tell you what you need to say, what you need to hear. Amen. And so you got to watch how Jesus responds. Jesus said, are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? So in other words, did you, did, did you know that for yourself or you heard what somebody else said? Now, Pilate gets cynical, right? Pilate gets upset because he doesn't like the way this king responds to this man. Okay, so Pilate answered, I am I a Jew? I ain't the one that's accusing you. Pilate was getting mad, right? He's getting upset. Now he started flexing. He said, your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Jesus right there is setting the record straight that he's a king and his kingdom is not of this world. He's trying to tell Pilate something. He's trying to give him truth, not answers. See, Pilate wanted answers. Jesus gave him truth. And the whole world is looking for answers, but they don't want truth. Jesus says, you asking me questions and I'm giving you the truth. Somebody said the truth. Jesus answered and said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not for here. And look at Pilate. Look at Pilate. Watch Pilate. Pilate says, therefore, Pilate said to him, are you a king? Now, didn't you just ask Jesus if he was a king? Now, Jesus already told him he was. What did he say? He said, my kingdom. If he has a kingdom, he's a king. And Paul said, are you a kingdom? This is why the world don't want answers. They, they don't want truth. They want answers. He already gave him the truth. He said, well, are you a king? I'm sure Jesus was like, I, I think, didn't I just tell you I was? Is God real? Yeah, didn't I just tell you God was real? Can God save the whole world? Yes, he can, but you got to respond to his salvation. Hello? 
wait a minute, wait a minute. Does, does God say anything about the prohibition about how we live sexually? Yes, he says all of that stuff. It's in the Bible. Did God say that marriage is supposed to be between a man and a woman? Yep, it's in there. He did say that. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not true. That can't be true. See, they want answers. Pastor Tim just said, if you saw Apple, you know that the Apple is the manufacturer. You can't just say, I'm going to change this logo. You're going to get yourself in trouble, and you're going to lose everything you got when Apple's lawyers come down on you. Hello, somebody. You can't change something you did not create. If you didn't create marriage, you can't change it. It's in the book. It's in the book. Don't get mad at me. I'm just a messenger. But the book says God created the marriage between one man and one woman. All right. All right, let's get back to this little Bible study. He said, are you a king then? And Jesus answered. Listen, now Jesus is getting ready to give him some more truth. Check this out, saints of God. He said, you say rightly that I am a king. Didn't he just tell him he was a king again? That's the second time. You say rightly that I am a king. Then he says, all right, let me tell you why I'm here. You just don't need to know that I am a king. You need to know why. Hello, somebody. So he says, for this cause, for this reason, I was born. And for this cause, I came into the world that I should bear witness to what? Not answers. Witness to the truth. Everyone who is on the side of truth hears my voice. Uh, Don't stop. Don't stop right there. Uh, That's not where I want to go. I want to go to the next verse. Check this out. Pilate said to him, what is truth? See, good gracious of life. Jesus just told him a whole boatload of truth. So Pilate says, well, what's truth? Huh? You, you bearing witness of the truth. What's truth? And truth was staring him in the face. He said, oh, what's truth, Jesus? He said, what's truth? Let me give you another truth. Let's keep reading. And when he had said this, he went out again and the Jews and to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him. The truth is, Jesus has no fault. Why? Because in the book of Genesis, he took an innocent animal, shed the blood of an innocent animal to cover the sins of the Adams. Pilate just said, wait a minute, there is no fault found in this man. That was a truth. Therefore, only this man can die for the sins of the whole world because he has to be innocent. There was no, can I give you, can I give you another witness? Since I'm preaching, I'm, boy, I'm rolling right now. Good gracious. Go to 2 Corinthians for me. 2 Corinthians here, chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I'm sounding like Rod Parsley right now, and welcome to Breakthrough, and <laughs> hello somebody, y'all remember Rod Parsley, that brother, that's Rod Parsley, and <laughs> welcome to Breakthrough, and uh, God has something awesome for you today, uh, I'm feeling good, I ain't lying, I'm feeling good. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, can't y'all tell? Hallelujah, man, the blood is on this brother right here, boy. Good gracious of life. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, let's look at verse 21. Check this out. For he, God, made him Jesus. You, you, You seeing it? Let me say it again. For he, God, made him Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Y'all see that? So in other words, him, God made him Jesus who knew no sin. All he's doing is confirming what Pilate found out, that there is no fault in Jesus. Therefore, when Jesus died, he had no faults of his own. Now, Jesus didn't sin, but he had sin. I like to say that because that messed people up. He didn't sin, but he had sin. He had the sins of the world on him when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He never went into sin. He carried the sins of the whole world. Why? Because he was innocent. He was picked out by God. 
to shed his blood for us. And we have the mitigated goal not to give him glory for dying for us. He was innocent. He did not have to die. He died so that we could live. I don't mean to shout. I'm sorry. I'm trying to, trying to keep this thing down low, okay? For the Bible says there's one God and one mediator between God and man. Listen to this. The man, Christ Jesus, it doesn't stop there, who paid a ransom, who paid a ransom by himself. He paid the cost. Why? Because there was nobody else to do it. See, God couldn't cut a covenant with man because man was sinful. The only covenant he could cut, and then we're going to learn about covenants in the next message. The only covenant he could cut, because covenant actually means cut, so he's cut a cut. And so it's covenant cut, so he cut a cut in a covenant. So, so God couldn't cut a cut in, in man because man was sinful. He had to cut a covenant with himself in his son. Come on, because his son is God, so he made a covenant with God himself. Whoa! Good grace of life. Boy, I tell you what I... I'm telling you right now, man, the more and more I learn about this blood and what the Bible has for Christians, oh, my God, it's, it's amping me up. I'm, I'm empowered. So lift your hands right now and say, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you. for paying the price. Paying the price. Good gracious of life, man. <laughs> When you understand the blood, when you understand what God has done for us, we, no matter what's going on around us, no matter how things look, how bleak they look, and how, how bad they look, and the, uh, how, 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 how things look like you can't get through them, but just understand, but God, I still thank you for saving me. Thank you, God. Thank you for healing me, Lord. Thank you for dying for me. Romans 5 and 8 says, God proved his love towards us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He knew exactly what we were going to do in the Garden of Gethsemane and how hard it was. And he still made the choice. He said, Daddy, yeah. This is hard. As a matter of fact, it's so hard. Let this cup pass from me. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He made the choice to say, I'm going anyway. And he said, even if I got to go by myself, even if everybody walks away from me, even if I got to walk to Via Delarosa by myself all the way to Golgotha's Hill, if I got to go by myself, I'm going because it is his good pleasure to do the will. Come on, somebody, to do the will of God. And even if you got to go slew footed and broke down. You keep on going anyway. Even if people walk away, you keep on going anyway. Even when your family members don't believe in you, you keep on going anyway. Even when your finances say you can't do that, you keep on going anyway. Even when your brain says you know you shouldn't do that, you keep on going anyway. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, come on, just worship him. Just worship him. Come on, thank him for the blood. Thank him for the blood. Thank him for the blood. Thank you for the blood, Jesus. Thank you for the blood. Hello, hello. Thank him for the blood. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the precious blood of the Lamb. Let's go back to Exodus chapter 12, verse 23. Is this blessing anybody? Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm not trying to be exciting at all, guys. But I know I heard the Lord when he said, I want you to teach it. Just go through the scriptures with everybody. And yeah, my excuse, oh, Lord, you know, people ain't going to want to sit in there for all that. You know what he said? I don't care. I told you to do it. I said, okay. (laughs) There's something he wants you to get 
and you're not going to get it by me just preaching it. You can't get it by being taught. You're going to have to catch it. And you catch it by seeing it in the Word of God, underlining it in your Bible. So when you leave here today, you go right back to it and say, God, I appropriate what you got for me. I plead the blood over my children this morning in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood over my finance. I plead the blood over my husband and my wife in Jesus' name. I plead the blood. If you don't even have a job, plead the blood over the job God is going to give you. I plead the blood of the people I work with in the name of Jesus. God made me call out every one of your names this morning, pleading the blood over your name. He told me, I said, I'm going to just plead the blood of the church. He said, that's not what I told you to do. He said, I want you to call out every name. I call out every name this morning, pleading the blood over your life. You got some stuff coming. I'm telling you. You got some stuff. Your marriages, your marriage is going to be, oh, my God. I'm telling you, when I begin to pray in the spirit and pray with an understanding, God began to show me who to pray for and specific things that I pray for. Marriage is about to change in this house. In the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, God is about to do something in the kingdom of God. And it's not just covenant, guys. This is in his house. So it's not about being in this church. It's about being in the right church. He's going to pour this on his house. I'm telling you, he's getting ready to do something in the kingdom of God that the world are going to say, my God. They're going to call on God. When the world calls on God, you know it's God. They're going to look at you and go, my God, that's got to be the Lord. That's what Apostle Holiday said Friday night. He said, ooh, he's going to bless you so good that people in the world say, ooh, that's the Lord. (laughs) I said, brother, that's mine. That's mine. That's mine. And guess what I did? I prayed that over you this morning. No, I ain't going to let some preacher preach that that prophetic word and I not get some of that. And now you get some of it. Hello, somebody. Y'all back at Exodus chapter 12, verse 23. All right, let's read a little bit more of this book. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians... And when he sees the blood on the lentils and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. Now, let me give you a little historical backdrop of what was taking place here. We know that uh, uh, these are some powerful scriptures that I'm reading to you right here in Exodus chapter 12. We know uh, that the children of Israel had suffered for 400 years at this particular time uh, under the tyranny of the Egyptian leadership. Uh, They had uh, hard labors that they had gone through. They never got a reward for it. Um, They were praying. Listen to me close. This is what the Lord shared with me. They were praying, but they thought their prayers weren't being heard. Wait a minute. You've been praying for 400 years. You can get a little tired. All right? So so you okay. You've been praying for, for, for 30 days. They were praying for 400 years. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. God's got you. <laughs> they were praying for 400 years to get out. Moses comes along and says, okay, it's time for you to go. Now, we already know about the 10 plagues. I don't have time to really get into the 10 plagues, but the 10 plagues actually destroy the religious and the theological structure of the Egyptian society. Every plague attacked a god in Egypt. If you go back and do the research, I don't have time. Y'all go back and do that. It's pretty cool, too, when you see about those frogs. But anyway, that's why he talked about frogs in the book of Revelation as being spirits. Okay, so, so. So go back and read it. And so, so those plagues, the nine plagues had already been gone by Pharaoh says, no, nah, I'm not going to let you go. Right? Because the operative thing was, Moses, you go tell. Listen to the words here. He said, Moses, you go tell. And in one translation, it says, go tell my son Israel to come out into the wilderness to worship me. His, his whole focus, his, Moses' whole focus was, Pharaoh, I'm just telling what God said, let my people go. Pharaoh said, nah, 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 nah I ain't going to let you go. Until this last plague. This last plague, the plague of darkness. So they had been praying for 400 years. And they thought God did not hear them. But saints, just because 
you don't think God heard your prayers doesn't make it a reality. Can I prove that to you? Okay, turn back. Yeah, turn back to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. Okay, I got to prove what I just said now. Go to Exodus chapter 3. See, now the question is, did God hear their prayers? Look at Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. The Bible says, and the Lord said, he's talking to Moses, I have surely seen the oppression of my people (laughs) who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their, oh my God, see, see, come on, come on, come on, look at your name and say, he knows. He knows. He knows. He knows, saints of God. He knows. And see, if God knows, then he's going to respond to what he knows. Okay? So, so, so God knows. See, see, Psalms 1 and 6, it says, For the Lord knows the ways of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. See, God knows. In Psalm 121 and 4, he says, He keeps Israel. He who keeps Israel shall never sleep nor slumber. So God is always, listen to me carefully, he is always attentive to what you need. Even when we don't think so. Even when we say, God, do you sleep? There's something, God, I mean, it's like, you know, sometimes you're praying to a, to a, to a, to a brass heaven and an iron earth. And it's like nothing is moving. Nothing. It's like, God, it seems like the more I pray, the worse things get. Come on, anybody else been there? You might be there right now. I mean, you know, you're praying and praying and praying and nothing is happening. That's what we are. And we're just praying and we're groping and we're pleading. We're like, God, what is going on here? And just because the devil tried to convince me, I don't know if he tried to convince you, but the devil tried to convince me, John, he ain't got time for that. For your little old, he ain't got time for your little prayer. Trying to convince me, you need to just stop praying. Now, I don't know that's how he talked to you, but that's how he talked to me. You're wasting your time, John. Why are you speaking in tongues? Remember, I've been preaching on that, right? Speaking in tongues. So guess what? It got hard for me to speak in tongues. I'm like, what is wrong with me? And I want to go in my spirit language, and it's like, why is this so hard? Am I by myself? Oh, okay, so he's hitting me like he's hitting you too. And I'm the same way. I'm like, man, I I used to get out of the car, and it's like vibrant. like, bam, man. I'm like, in there. And then now when I get out of the car, it's like, where are you, Lord? (laughs) Don't leave me. (laughs) It's like, but you, but guess what? He says, don't quit. He said, don't quit. Don't quit. He said, you're in the birth and, oh, my God. He said, you're in the birthing process right now, and you're going to have to push your way through. You see, when, when ooh, thank you, Lord, uh, just, I heard that. I got it. God says, when you are looking for a little blessing, it, it, it's just a little painful. But if you've been praying for the greater And I know the song. I sing the song. I'm believing God for greater. But when you believe God for greater, the attacks get greater. But saints, I want you to be encouraged because God heard your cry. He heard the children of Israel. And he responded by sending them a man. I told you, when God gets ready to bless you, he's going to bless you with a man. He's going to bless you through somebody. Hello, somebody. I'm telling you, don't, 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 don't get all spooky with God. I'm tell- your blessing is going to be tied to a person. Somebody's going to come into your lives, and they're going to bless your socks off. I'm telling you. And you, you're going to be like, wow, what? I, I, how did you know about that? Don't worry about all of that. God says, if he said it, he said he'll do it. If he spoke it, he said he'll make it good. Hello, somebody. Because God is not a man that he should lie. Okay, Uh, uh, oh, 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 no, no. I got to give it to you in the word. Come on to Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. I can't just speak that stuff. I got to show you where it is in your Bible. Go to Numbers 23, 19. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? 
Come on. 2319. I can't just speak this stuff. I got to give it to you. Hello, somebody. Numbers 2319. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it? Will he not do? Or has he spoke it? Will he not make it good? Are you with me, saints of God? If God said it, he said he'll do it. Listen, if God said that you are the head and not the tail, stop acting like you're the tail. Walk with your head up high. I don't care if you don't have two nickels in your pocket to rub together. You walk with your head up high because you know who your daddy is. He said you're the head and not the tail. You're not to walk around groping in darkness. You are the light. You are not defined by what's in your bank account. You're defined by who made you and created you with power. Come on, somebody. And he said, if you are above only, you shall never be beneath. Is this the word of God, saints? Hello, let me give you another. He said, blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. I already talked about that one earlier. And then he gave you this one. He said, no weapon that's formed against you shall be able to prosper. Listen, the weapon shall be formed, but it has no power over you. Why? When I see the blood, the weapon shall not overpower you. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Come on, come on, somebody. Let's worship the Lord in here. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for your blood today. When he speaks a thing that be not as though they were, God can do that. Let me give you another one over in Ephesians chapter 1. He said, I blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He said, I've blessed you, that's past tense, with all spiritual blessings. In, uh, there's Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 2. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 2. I've blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. That might be verse 3. He's already given you the blessing. He said in 3, I've blessed you with all, listen to the words, spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So in other words, he says, what I have in heaven, good gracious, you can appropriate it on the earth. He said, it's already yours, saints. Stop groping in darkness and be the light. Appropriate your blessings from heaven. Amen. He said, it's yours. You go get it. Is yours. I'm going to stop right there. But let me give you this last, this last, write this down. I don't have it on the screen, but I want you to write this down. And listen, I, this is probably going to be a six-week series based on everything I need to share with you, okay? This wasn't even the tip of the iceberg yet. There is so much more about the blood and the Passover lamb and the lamb of God that I'm going to be teaching you today. It, it's going to blow your mind. It's been blowing my mind. I mean, everywhere I look now, it's all over the Bible. Let me write this down. I shared this out on um, social media last night for some of you that, that are on uh, Instagram. I think I might have shared it on Facebook. It says, this is what the Lord said to me. He said, never say anything about yourself that you don't want Jesus to fulfill. Never say anything about yourself that you don't want Jesus to fulfill. Some of you need to repent because you've been saying stuff about yourself that you really don't want Jesus to fulfill. Amen. When you got the blood on you, you in the house. And while you're in the house, you speak the words of the house. The words of the house are words of edification, encouragement, and increase. Amen. Listen, I know. I, I, I tell you, men Lane. I'm telling you, we have been in some precarious times. Oh, God, we've been in, we've been there, done that. We've, we've lost cars, houses. I'm telling you, we've, we've done it. Been broke. No food. I'm telling you, we've been there, guys. 
But God heard our prayer. And he hears yours. I promise you. I pray for the body more now than I ever have before in my life. And God has given me such a, a compassion <clears throat> for the body of Christ. Um, I'm concerned. And uh, we have so much power that we can operate in, but we're not. And listen, it's not up here. It's out there. And there is coming a move of God that's going to mobilize the people sitting in the seats. There, do you realize there's more anointing sitting out here in these seats than the anointing up there in that pulpit? You're a heck of a whole lot more people than I am. If we can get this anointing combined together, hallelujah. There's nothing we can't accomplish as a church. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.